0: Welcome back to Virtually Analog, a podcast about video games, board games, and the ever blurring line between. I'm Lex, and I love board games. I'm Matthew, and I love video games. So usually on this show, we discuss a video game, a board game, and some game-related news. But since it's American Thanksgiving in a couple of days, we decided to talk about our top three Jackbox Party Pack games. And after we do that, we're going to talk about which Jackbox Party Pack you should get. But before that, we're going to talk about what we've been playing this week. Uh, i've been playing a bunch of games this week the 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 first one i want to talk about is actually perfect for our podcast because i played this board game based on the devil may cry series of games Uh, it's a new board game the kickstarter just got fulfilled it is called devil may cry the bloody palace the board game was designed by james and hewitt the art is done by thomas lishman and the publisher is Steamforged Games. And let me tell you, they did a fantastic job uh, with this game. I think that we like to talk about that a lot in the show is like what games would make good. What what good video games would make good board games and what good board games would make good video games. And I was kind of skeptical about Devil May Cry because <laughs> it is an action hack and slash. Yeah, super <laughs> movement heavy. Yeah, it's hard to like. Yeah, but Uh, replicate in like a turn based kind of sure. And it is very difficult. And I think they did actually a great job. So all of the uh, it's a miniatures game where you pick a character. There's, uh, you know, a whole slew of characters from from the video games. And I played as Dante and uh, each character comes with this deck of cards and the cards have these um, colored links like these colored chain links from on one side that goes across the card to the other. And when you're playing them and doing the actions to your board, you have to chain these combos together, like in the video game. Right. Oh, cool. Um, and there's different attacks and movement abilities and all this stuff. And um, yeah, like you draw at the end of the turn, you draw back up and you're trying to get certain colors and there's a wild color that lets you, lets you move. Um, a lot of times I don't like, card based mechanics in terms of drawing a deck, because if you ever just don't draw good cards, you're just screwed. Right. Uh, But this game battles that by you have three basic cards that are always available to you. And um, so you can always use those. And if you can't use the action of a card, you can always spend it to move. You can spend it to move or on the enemy's turns on the devil or the demon's turns you can spend it for defense uh, if you're going to get smacked around. So, yeah, there's a lot of really, really interesting go- things going on with this game. If you're a fan of the series, I highly, highly recommend trying out the board game. Uh, Matthew, do you play Devil May Cry? Have you ever played any of those games?
1: I've never played any of them before, but I've yeah. watched a bunch of playthroughs. Yeah. And yeah. they seem really. like super fun.
0: Really fun. I think I, I've only played like Devil May Cry 5, but I really enjoyed it. Um, and I really liked the board game so uh, the next game i played was a feast for odin which is a game designed by Uwe rosenberg one of my favorite board games um with assassin's creed valhalla coming out everybody's been playing that and like you know i've been watching streams of people playing as vikings and stuff and this is a board game about vikings but it's kind of like a economic worker placement game where you have these little viking meeples and you're sending them out on the board and different spaces do different things and you can go hunting or fishing or pillaging or raiding or or, you know all these different stuff and um it's it's a lot it's a lot of fun usually i kind of rate a game based off of like how much it can get its hooks in me and how much i want to play it again right and i played this game with a friend of mine Uh, And we got done around 11 o'clock at night and I went to bed and I woke up at 4 a.m. and I couldn't go back to sleep because I was thinking about all the things that I could have done to better (laughs) my score. Right. And I ended up the game has a solo mode, which is really great. It's playing it solo is really fun. And so I got my my butt out of bed at 5 a.m., set up the game and played it. And I, I thought I was doing really well, and then my kids woke up, I finished the game, and I ended up getting a worse score <laughs> than I did the night before. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really fun game. Like I said, the worker placement, but the goal of the game is to fill your storage full of, like, plunder and loot and stuff. All the pieces... That you can earn like the weapons and the jewelry and that kind of stuff are these like Tetris like pieces that you have to kind of puzzle together on your board. If you like Vikings, puzzles and strategy, this is definitely a game to check out. The last game I want to talk about is Root Digital. I think I've talked about this maybe on every (laughs) podcast episode that we've had. (laughs) But uh, last week I announced that the Clockwork expansion was coming this week. Last week it came out and I got to play it. And I just want to say it is a ton of fun being able to play one of my favorite board games cooperatively the way I like to play it against a really challenging uh, deck based opponent is is really, really fun. So, yeah, I really encourage anybody to to look up the expansion is five ninety nine dollars to buy on top of the $9.99 it is to buy the game for, on the mobile version. Um, which sounds which is a lot for a mobile game, right? 15, fifteen, sixteen bucks is not as you know is uh, not cheap for a mobile game, but it's there's a lot of content there, a lot of fun to be had, so I highly recommend it. But anyway, Matthew, what have you been playing?
1: Uh consistently, I've been playing Deep Rock Galactic. Their update thirty-two came out a few weeks ago. Uh, they added a couple new mission modes, uh, which are both just a lot of fun. They both changed everything. Uh, A lot in terms of, you know, gameplay throughout specific mission types. In one mission type, there are several oil wells that are within the uh, environment that you drill into, and a giant oil rig that will come down in the center of the area, and all of the dwarves have to build pipelines, you know, all throughout the cave. Um, and they can place them wherever they want, so it's really odd and different for the style of game, but it's a lot of fun. You place these pipelines and you build them up to the oil wells, and uh, you can grind along the pipelines. <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm playing oh, wow. uh, like cool. Ratchet & Clank back yeah. on the PS2. The, or like the, the Sonic boots. Adventure game. Where yeah. They like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so you're grinding dope. all around the caves while bugs are like chasing you and it's a lot of fun (laughs) okay i gotta defend everything that sounds (laughs) it's super fun (laughs) the the other game mission mode which i almost like more is an escort mission a giant like bulldozer driller thing called the drill dozer appears and it digs throughout the map to a certain point where it starts digging through this giant stone to try and get to the core and so you're tasked with Just following it and uh, attacking the bugs that are trying to destroy it. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, Aside from Deep Rock Galactic, I've been playing some Terraria with uh, my brother. And both of us have no idea what to do in the game. So it's fun to just kind of jump in and dig and fight and look for things. Uh, I've been playing Brawl Stars that. You know, mobile game, battle passes. You can kind of roll your eyes there, but the battle pass just ended, so I was grinding a lot to try and get all the rewards before the next one came out, and it's sure. been a lot of fun. Um, as well as Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, a timeless classic for me. I've uh, just been playing that with siblings online.
0: Who's your main? And that's What do you like to
1: play? My main, uh, since Brawl, has been King um, Sure. But actually, in our play session, neither of us really... Went as our mains for very long. We played a lot of random characters, which was fun.
0: Cool. Yeah. Sweet. All right. So, Matthew, why don't you tell me a little bit about these Jackbox Party Pack games? In case our any of our listeners don't know.
1: Yeah. So they were uh, the first pack was made in 2016, and it's by Jackbox Games. They were made. They they began making those games back then. Um, six more have been released since then, and the se- seventh just came out last month each one contains like four or five social party games uh people can play from their phones or their computer browsers um you could probably even play with like your nintendo ds browser um, <laughs> yeah uh, and it's it's they're awesome games and they're they're super popular due to the fact that uh you, they can be learned super quickly that it's just a big combination of party games uh, most of them can be played remotely as well you know if people share their screen everyone can just watch and play on their phones from their homes. So these games are super good recommendations for uh, everyone over the Thanksgiving holiday uh, who cannot be with fe- friends or family in person because, you know, those who own the game can just share their screen and everyone can play together.
0: Yeah, that's actually how we played. Um, the, the I've played most of the... Jackbox Party Pack games one through six. I have I don't have seven yet, but you do. And so Mm -hmm. we got on a discord call with a bunch of your siblings, a bunch of my siblings, and we played uh, all of the Jackbox seven games. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that makes us qualified to tell you which which ones are the best ones and uh, (laughs) which party pack you should buy. And so, yeah, um, we'll go ahead and get into that. So we're going to talk about our top three party pack games um i'm gonna do number three matthew's gonna do his number three then i'm gonna do my number two he's gonna do his number two and so on and so forth um i just before we did that i want to do some honorable mentions we originally were gonna do our top five uh but just for time's sake we cut it down to three so i just want to quickly go over the two that didn't make the cut the two games that i really enjoyed but didn't make my top three were push the button and bomb core And the ultimate reason why those two games didn't make my top three was because games have come out since then or or prior to that are just the same game, but better. Uh, So push push the button um, is basically Among Us, which we've talked about on a previous podcast. Uh, And so if you like Among Us, uh, push, push the button is different enough that it warrants a play, but you'll you'll if it's very, very similar. And so if you play a bunch of among us, you don't want to jump out to get uh, a party pack game just to play, push the button. There's some, there's a lot of things that among us does better anyways, in my opinion. Um, But it's still a really good uh, Jackbox game. And then Hmm. bomb core is um, it's basically keep talking and nobody explodes which is a really, really fun game. It's also a very, very good game to play remotely and keep talking and nobody explodes. One person is defusing a bomb and everybody else has a manual trying to talk them through how to defuse the bomb, um, <laughs> which is what happens in Bomb Core too. Like everybody has the instructions on their phones and one person is trying to defuse the bomb. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so both really good games, but because there's other games out there, just do the same concept but better, they didn't make my top three. What about you, Matthew? You?
1: Yeah, my honorable mentions were, uh first of all, Blather Round, which was actually from Party Pack 7. Uh, it's just a super fun kind of word sentence building game where a character is given a uh, prompt that they have to try and describe using uh, pre-made adjectives to like create a sentence to tell the rest of the players. And the rest of the players just have to make guesses of what they're talking about. Kind of like charades, but you're building sentences from these weird adjectives. Yeah. Um the only reason that one didn't make my top three was because there were others that I think I found a little more fun. Sure. That, that one I, I'd I, recommend to anyone with like a
0: small group. I think yeah. it's a lot more fun with like four or five rather than an eight player right. group, you know? That's what I was gonna say is a lot of these games are built towards um, larger groups. But what I really liked about Blather Round was you and I ended up playing that one just to the two of us. And yeah. <laughs> while it wasn't ideal, it was also really fun. Still, uh, I was not very good. You did great. You got the answer right. Both the times, both rounds that you were the the guesser and I missed him. But <laughs> Really bad, obvious ones <laughs> when I was it, but it was still just a really cool concept. I really highly really recommend Blather Around for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, my second honorable mention is role models. I've played this one a bunch with friends. Uh, you basically pick categories. It could be like Sesame Street or, you know, The Seven Deadly Sins or something. And it gives you a bunch of selections from that category, like Elmo, you know, Oscar the Grouch or pride or gluttony whatever and however many players you have it gives you that many options within the category and you just have to pick which of your friends are which of those things and the people who get the most like um collective uh if you you choose the same things as the most other people you get more points um and so it's a lot of fun with a group of people you know really well to um put people in boxes yeah
0: so those are our honorable mentions and now i'm going to talk about my number three in my top three jackbox party pack games my number three is a game called champed up <laughs> i actually was surprised with this pick because i thought for sure my number three was going to be drawful uh drawful is a drawing um pictionary telephone type game where and and champ up is is kind of the same way um but i was very shocked with how much i just completely adored champed up i think when we, that's part of the Jackbox 7 the one that just mm-hmm. came out when we played it with our family that was probably the one that got the most laughs out of all of them yeah. <laughs> uh it was just a really really funny and entertaining experience. Uh, game. The way the game works is um, everybody gets a prompt on their phone and they're trying to create a wrestler that embodies that prompt. (laughs) So I think one of the funniest ones we had was uh, it was like the the champion of deadbeat parenting (laughs) <laughs> and uh i think it was your brother nathan who drew a, a character and then you also get not to not only do you draw it but you also get to name him and it was like <laughs> mr going out for cigarettes or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then so when you do that that everybody does that and then without the prompt with just the drawing and the title that gets sent to another person And that person has to draw a combatant to that character, someone they think can take that person on in the ring uh, without knowing what the prompt is. (laughs) And so once everybody does two rounds of that, uh, the the characters go head to head and then we vote on which one better matches the prompt. And you get kind of a bonus if you don't know the if you were the one who didn't know the prompt and your character wins. Uh, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's a really, really fun little drawing game. For the longest time, I thought Drawful was the king of these drawing type jackbox games, and Champed Up definitely, um, Knocked it out of the ring. So to put to use a an adequate sim- symbolism there, uh, to use a fitting <laughs> <laughs> metaphor. I missed it. Yeah, uh, yeah champed up was was great. What did you think of Champed
1: oh, up? I think it is just the drawing games in Jackbox are so great. It puts everyone on an even playing field because sure. you're drawing on your phone and it's like awful. You have no yeah. actual control. Even over people what you're who are
0: good at art, yeah, it's right, like, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: and so everyone, nobody has to feel uncomfortable with how bad they're drawing skills are you know all
0: right so that is my number three which is champed up matthew what did you bring for your number three
1: so my pick for my number three is actually fibbage three from jackbox party pack four uh the way the game goes is a fact is presented with one key component missing like uh johnny depp uh when he was 13 Met blank and you know started his acting career, and everyone wants to put in prompts, uh, basically that sound like they would be real, when in in reality this is a totally made up. But he met he met like Jeff Bridges. I don't know. He, <laughs> he that's the real answer. Sure. Um, everyone's trying to put in names or whatever to fool the rest of the players, and after everyone's put in their entries, all of the collective answers come up on the screen and everyone tries to guess which one is right. And through their answers, they want to fool other people. Right. And I think this one is just super fun. It's a really fun word play game and trying to sound realistic and fool others. I've just had the most fun playing this game, I think, with family and friends uh, out of almost any other game.
0: Sure. Yeah, I really like that one, too. Uh, any of the fill in the blank type games are are where jackbox really th- like thrives that's kind of jackbox's bread and butter is the yeah. because of how simple it is to be able just to type a word on your phone and mm-hmm. submit it um it really makes those kind of games thrive and speaking of which uh good moving on to my number 2 uh this is going to surprise some people. I, I, It surprised myself even. I thought this was going to be my number one. It actually uh, was my number two, and it's the Quiplash series. Yeah. All of the Quiplash games. I kind of combined them all because they are um, all very similar. There's a, a little bit of differences in terms of round, how the rounds are played out, but um, the Jackbox 7 has Quiplash 3 in it, which we played, and it just reminded me of why i love these games so much in quiplash whenever my family comes to visit they always want to play that game on the tv (laughs) and (laughs) when they say that i know that they're talking about quiplash it's just it is a staple it is by far the most popular jackbox party pack game um and i should talk about what it is so in quiplash everybody gets a prompt on their phone and they're usually very humorous prompts that are Perfect for writing jokes about like uh, if the Pope were
1: to be wearing a sports jersey underneath his habit. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it would be blank. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Or like I found one that's like the best way to impress an alien from Mars. You know, it's like, yeah, they're just these prompts that uh, allow you to really be creative and come up with the funny thing. It's kind of like apples to apples or cards against humanity. Where you have to be funny and creative, but you're not limited to the cards that you have, which was what right. I love about this game, as opposed to those. Yeah, other I games. think that's what it shine, how it shines. Yes, is that ones. you can yeah. type up whatever you want. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Now, one of my negatives about the Blash games and probably what knocked it down from the number one spot is the fact that it's like apples to apples. And Cards Against Humanity and the fact that it's so very subjective. Um, And that can be really frustrating for some people. It's like last when we played one of our players, I'm not going to name any names. They know who they are. (laughs) They got quiplashed, I think, three times in a row. After everybody's done writing in their prompts, um, they go to head to head and there's someone else who had the same prompt as you do. And your answers go head to head and everybody gets to vote on them. And you get points based on how many votes you you got and how much you win. The person at the end of three rounds with the most points wins. Now, the problem is, is if if you don't know the people that you're playing with very well and you come up with something that's really funny, but they don't think it's that funny, then there's just no way you're going to win. And that's true for apples to apples. That's true for Cards Against Humanity. If you're not with the type of group that gets your sense of humor, you're not going to have a good time with this game, I don't think. Yeah, Uh, it's
1: best with uh, close friends and family, you know,
0: even then, like the person that we played with who got quiplashed, meaning they didn't get any votes. Uh, They they got quiplashed three times in a row. I think (laughs) that that person in my family is really funny and really creative and really smart. And it just like it didn't feel good, even as someone who didn't get quiplashed like to just watch them get so frustrated at the fact that nobody voted for them it just it sucks <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like the, the 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 part of the game that makes me kind of cringe a little bit I don't know how you fix that I don't think there is a way to fix it but that's the one thing that kind of my biggest beef with the quiplash games but you have anything else you want to add to uh, yeah, uh, yeah,
1: like what you were saying a way to fix that the only thing that i can think of is the other jackbox game joke boat you know how you create prompts for jokes and then other people will fill them in to complete them there's like a round later on in the game where people can use old jokes and rewrite like the second half of them or the first part oh, of them sure yeah and that's the only thing i could think of where to like salvage somebody's pride after they've been quiplashed (laughs) multiple times in a row yeah
0: yeah it's tough because the the beauty about quiplash is how simple it is and how easy to kind of grasp and so if you add like things like that i don't know if if, you're right yeah if it would make uh The simplicity
1: is the best part about it. Anyone can just jump on without having ever played before.
0: So I'm perfectly willing to play Quiplash at any time. But when those moments do happen, they don't feel good. And so anybody who's (laughs) thinking about playing this game should be aware of that. But anyway. All right. That's enough about Quiplash. Uh, Matthew, what is your number two? So my number two is
1: actually champed up the one that you were talking about. Yeah. We already mentioned (laughs) that. Do you have anything else?
0: Yeah. Anything else you want to add? It's just an
1: instant like win for me. Yeah. Yeah. Just especially with the, like you were saying, with a group of people that has your sense of humor. Yeah. um, The the drawings, if the the worse they are, the better, um, (laughs) but the cleverer they are, the better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not much more to say. People should just try it themselves. Yeah.
0: And I think champed up. Um, kind of suffers from the problem we talked about with Quiflash, where if you don't get the same sense of humor. But I think Champed Up mitigates that a little bit because every, like you said, everybody's on kind of the same level playing field where you have right. to draw things in, and so and we something we didn't mention that is that the on the second round you can actually tag your previous drawing in. So if you had a yeah. uh, <laughs> drawing the first round that did really well. And your second one doesn't do as well. Halfway through the fight on the second one, you can tag the the, the other one in. It's a really uh, it's a really yeah. neat little mechanic <laughs> that goes towards fixing that that aspect of the, the Quiplash game. I don't think it would work for Quiplash, but it definitely works in, in Champed Up. So, all right. Well, then I will just skip ahead uh, to my number one. My number one Jackbox Party Pack game is Trivia Murder Party. One and two. Uh, nice. Like the Quiflash series I combined. They're just very, very similar games. Um, so a little bit of history about Jackbox Party Pack games. Uh, they first got their start with these games called You Don't Know Jack, which is a trivia type game. Um, and I really like trivia games. But one of the biggest problems about trivia games and one of the things that people don't One of the reasons why people don't like playing trivia games is unless you're Ken Jennings, (laughs) right? Like, (laughs) and you know everything about everything, um, you're not going to do super well. And so and there's a lot of people that have a lot of gaps in their trivia knowledge and that, uh, you know, trivia is just not for everyone. And so that made the You Don't Know Jack series of games kind of less popular than these other games that we've mentioned so far. Some of my favorite trivia games, whether it's board games or uh, video games, give you ways to still have fun playing the game, even if you're not good at trivia. And I think that Trivia Murder Party does this wonderfully. Uh, So the the other thing I love about this game is the theme. It's like a it's like a murder Uh, hence the name murder. It's not a mystery as much like you. The the host of the game is like this murderous. um,
1: Yeah, it's like you're a bunch of characters in a horror movie trying to like
0: escape like Jigsaw's house or something. Exactly. And you're answering trivia questions to try to stay alive. Yeah. And one of my favorite things is a fun
1: game. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's really great. And one of my favorite things is that even if you're trash at trivia and you die, You can still answer the questions and you can still even win. Um, And, and, you know, and you can like sabotage the people who are still alive. You play as these, like these adorable little um, voodoo dolls, voodoo dolls. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. basically. And if you die, your character gets ripped up or, you know, and killed in a multiple different ways. But, uh, as the ghosts, you still get to participate in the game, and I love yeah. that about trivia, Martyr especially
1: Party. that the very end stretch where like yeah. everyone's against each other. The ghosts, the ghosts can kind of take back the win. You know, yeah. they can get in, yeah. get in the lead and gain their life again. Yeah, I love that. Reminds me of Crawl, that game I talked about last week, where exactly. the ghosts can kill the human to try and escape.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that Trivia Murder Party just hits the nail on the head in terms of trivia game goes and uh i love trivia games i love playing this game with my family and friends it it holds a special place in my heart i'm also kind of a uh i also love like dark humor and this game is just (laughs) full of it and so uh as a weirdo i just absolutely adore this game and it that's why it has my number one spot so what uh yeah what do you think matthew
1: that one uh, was almost in my honorable mentions, just because yeah. of how fun it is. Yeah. Sure. All right. What's your number one? Let's. let's my hey, number would, one may, one may surprise you. Um, it was actually push the button. Uh <laughs> it's uh, probably one of the games I have played most out of any of the Jackbox games, wow. and I think that even even with uh, Among Us, you know, coming into light and being so easily accessible, I think that push the button holds. Uh, so much value in itself kind of like we were saying you, among us does do a lot of things better in terms of like the you know social deception and
0: yeah i think that's something that's really interesting about push the button that it does differently than among us is it's round based and it's random people Doing a task at a time, and you don't know whether you know it's two or three people doing a single task, and everybody else is watching them. And among us, you're all doing your tasks at the same time, and you only get to watch people you're near. But in this game, everybody is watching each other do these tasks all the time, and so it really yeah. that adds a sense of like you have to be really, really careful as the as the alien and push the button right. And, and um, it's
1: not not it's not as if you're watching them fill out their answer or make their drawing or whatever, but you get to see each player's task when it's completed. Whereas you don't get to follow around everybody in among us. Yeah. I just love the fact that you can through your own merit, try and uh, uh, through your answers, escape as the alien or kill the alien as the humans. Um, Yeah. It's a lot of fun with a group of people who want to play a social deception game, but don't want to pay, you know, 15 bucks to get it at a board game store.
0: Yeah, I think that um you know me comparing it to Among Us and saying it's not as good as Among Us is not a slight to push the button at all. It, uh, you know, it is Among Us is one of the most popular games right now for good reason and Push the Button did it, you know, did the same kind of thing and and pulled it off. Maybe, you know, there's things I like about Among Us better, but I think that everybody should play. Push the button. It's it's a lot of fun, and I yeah, have no qualms with it being your number one pick.
1: Right? But yeah. Just like Among Us, it's it's so much more fun with a group of people you know really well. Yeah, you can um, tell when they're being yeah, you can tell sneaky. when they're yeah. uh, messing up or acting <laughs> yeah. stupid and revealing themselves. Yeah. Sure.
0: Sure. Cool. All right. So. Those are our, our top three. Uh, real quick, I'll go through my top three again. My number three is Champed Up. My number two is the Quiplash series. And my number one is Trivia Murder Party 1 and 2. Matthew, what are your top three again?
1: My number three was Fibbage
0: 3. My number two is Champed Up. And my number one was Push the Button. Great. All really solid, solid games that everybody should try. Obviously, there are seven packs of these games. And each one costs anywhere from 20 to 30 bucks. Uh, so, you know, it it would cost a lot to buy all of them. So I think it'd be helpful for us to talk about which one we think is the one that everybody should buy. Um, and in my mind, I think that the most recent one that has came out is the best one. Uh, what do you think, Matthew? Do you agree yeah, with that? Yeah, I
1: have to agree with you. Yeah. I think that like, you know, I didn't talk about Quiplash, but I think that... Inside, I knew that it was like one of the best. That's yeah. why I just didn't even choose it because I was like, you know, it's almost in its own realm of how yeah. good it is. So, yeah, Jackbox 7 includes that. It includes a bunch of a couple of the ones that we talked about. Yeah. Um, and there's other ones that we didn't talk about that are still so much fun.
0: I actually own one through six. And in all of the other Jackbox Party Pack games, there's at least one in every one that I don't like and that just never gets played. Right. Uh but with 7 when we played all of them the last time, they were just all really really good. I think they like with every iteration of this game, the Jackbox team is trying to make the perfect pack, right? And I think they got very very close with this one. I think that mm-hmm. a lot of their games are iterations of previous games and improvements of previous games and they took all the games in 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 this one and said how do we make them as best as they can be and how do we utilize the fun things in the other games and strip away the not so much fun things and make a pack that just contains fun games that everybody can enjoy and a lot of the other Party Pack games, it's 2D animation and it's cute and funny and whimsical. But for Jackbox Party Pack 7, they went with like 3D animation, like claymation type of yeah. feel. And it's great. It looks super awesome. fun to look yeah. at while you yeah. play. And yeah, and the music is is great. And yeah, I just I if I have to recommend one pack, it's definitely going to be Jackbox Party Pack 7. Yeah,
1: I would agree. I think that's probably one of the best ones.
0: Cool. So hopefully this list and our recommendations will help you survive (laughs) during this time, whether you're with your family (laughs) and they're driving you crazy and you need to find something to do. uh, uh, You can buy this game on the PC, on the Switch, on even on like Roku and Android TV. Like you can there's so many different ways to buy these games. A lot of them go on sale really often. Um, And. Like Matthew mentioned before, you can stream these games and play with your family and friends that, you know, if you're quarantined right now or if you just if it's not safe for you to travel, then this is a really great way to to connect with your family. Yeah.
1: And if you're not used to like sharing your screen or streaming, easy ways to do it. I mean, Discord is pretty easy. Yeah. But otherwise, I've seen lots of people do it through like Google Hangouts. Sure. Um, so it's really easy to figure Zoom, out.
0: Zoom. I mean, you can do it. Any any platform, Facebook Messenger, any platform that lets you share your screen, you can play this game with people. So uh, yeah, so that's Jackbox Party. That's Patty. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We spent a lot of time talking about Jackbox games, so I'm going to quickly go through the news. Um, something that was kind of cool was both Slate and NBC News had articles on the best hobby board games. And those articles just came out uh, in time for, you know, all the holiday sales and stuff. And it's really, really cool to see my little niche hobby get the limelight in these in these major publications. And Hmm. uh, that being said, the Slate article, um, (laughs) they had a lot of games that I own, which was which was cool. I think all but two of the games that they recommended, I already owned, which is kind of a little bit of a flex, but, you know, (laughs) whatever (laughs) My my problem with the article is that they recommended a bunch of games that were published like anywhere from this year to four or five years ago. And th- normally that's not a problem, but the title of the article says best new games to buy in 2020. And it's like. Could you imagine if they did that for a movie like best movies to watch and best new movies to watch in 2020 and then they refuge something from 2016 like, OK, editor, like you should maybe my pride's like, a little hurt here. It's yeah. not just like this yeah, old maybe this is just, hobby that- yeah. maybe this is just kind of a snobby board game thing that I need to get over. I should just be happy that my hobby's in the in the spotlight right now, but it did kind of irk me a little bit that you know they all they needed to do was change their headline you could still make like a clickbaity headline but the fact that they put the word new in there it's like okay (laughs) relative to what (laughs) you know it's like i knew relative you know new is a relative term but if you applied that to any other type of media or entertainment you know people you'd get so many trolls in the comments being like you know yeah Uh, new are you kidding me azul came out in 2016 you know you guys need a you know it's just uh just such a good buzzword yeah yeah that's true uh but yeah so i i think that it's great uh part of probably the big reason why they had these articles is because there's lots of black friday board game sales going on um i am a big believer that um you know, just because something's on sale doesn't mean you need to buy it and you're not actually saving money if you weren't going to spend that money on the first place. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to suggest any specific sales. Uh, but if you're looking to expand your collection, now's a good time to do it. Uh, they have a lot of half off games at Target, a lot of great uh, intro and family games at Target. Catan Just One is a really, really popular cooperative word game that I adore it's half off at Target right now, if you can find it. Barnes and Noble's half price books. They also carry a really great selection of games, and they also do a lot of sales during these times. So, yeah, that's about it for me. Matthew, what do you got on the video game front?
1: Yeah, the similarly, there's Black Friday deals right now for a lot of gaming platforms and stores for gaming. Uh, people are getting their hands on the new consoles and things like Spider-Man Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Cold War they've all been pretty highly reviewed and people are getting excited about playing those um, apart from that there's not really any significant news on Halo Infinite uh, which is yeah. coming out in December you'd think they would like I don't know be hyping even it even up if it's they're, crazy yeah, yeah. if they're not at least releasing it before Black Friday you'd think they would I don't know give some more hints and stuff, but I haven't yeah. really seen anything Sales online. on pre-orders like something like that. Yeah. yeah. More games that'd be coming out closer to Christmas. There's yeah. not really much. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Video game news for our podcast have been kind of dry. I, yeah. I guess if you uh, have
0: any news that you want us to talk about on the show, please email us at virtually at gmail.com. But yeah, we, we do our best to kind of look over the best video game and board game news. And yeah, like Matthew said, it's been kind of a uh, dry spell, so... Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, aside from that, something kind of smaller, but that applies to almost everyone today, is uh, Among Us is going to get an update here pretty soon. Uh, everybody plays Among Us and loves to play it, and so hopefully this new map will reattract uh the players that have kind of leaned off. Yeah, so the, in the update, they're just adding a lot of bug fixes, some more... Um, adjustments to the way tasks works and they're going to add a new map which is really exciting so
0: that's about it uh just to clarify the new map isn't out yet there is an update where they fixed a bunch of bugs but they have not added the new map yet okay so that's the news uh, moving on to audience feedback we actually got two fan emails this week uh so I love getting these emails so much. It's like when you're little, <laughs> uh, getting a piece of mail that's dirt to you. Like, that's how I feel every time I get an email. So please, if you want to your email to be read on the show, send us at, like I just said, virtuallyanalog at gmail.com. This first email comes to us from Shay G, and they say, Dear Virtually Analog, while listening to your delightful most recent episode, very good, always love hearing you guys. You mentioned a genre that I've heard before, but have never fully understood. Roguelike. Like I said, I've heard the term before, but I don't really understand what makes a game a roguelike game, as every other time I've heard it, they just use comparisons to other games, which doesn't really help me that much if I haven't heard of or played the game. So what makes a game a roguelike? (laughs) Keep up the good work, Shay. Yeah, so that's actually a great question. Um, There's a lot of terms in gaming that are kind of fuzzy (laughs) in both board (laughs) games and video games. And sometimes these terms apply to certain things in video games and they don't apply the same way in board games. And so if we, it's really easy as someone who has been a big fan of gaming my whole life and board games for the past uh, four or five years to kind of throw around these vocabulary words and not, not realize that some people don't understand what they mean. So, and like you said, most of the time, my, my initial reaction is to use another game to compare it to, because that's the easiest way to to find these <laughs> things. But uh, I'll do my best here. I, I kind of did a little bit of research before the show as best as I understand it. For a game to be considered a roguelike, they have to have all of these lists of features. And I'll just go ahead and read these lists right now. They have to be turn based action, tile based movement, randomly generated map, permadeath uh, movement battle and other actions take place in the same mode Uh, complexity uh, usually they're more complex resource management most of the game is hack and slash and exploration and discovery Uh, so there are very few games out there that actually have all of these things that apply to them when you're talking about a game that has a lot of these characteristics but not all of them People call them roguelite with a T. And so usually when I say roguelike, I really mean roguelite, because like I said, there are very few board and video games that kind of uh, have all of these features, especially permadeath. That's a really important one for roguelike. When you die, you have to start over from the beginning um, as well as randomly generated map. So uh, we've talked about Gloomhaven on this podcast before both the um i i've referred to it the both the video game and the physical board game of gloomhaven as a roguelike but it doesn't have permadeath when you die you get to start over with all of your stuff and so um you know i i would be more correct for me to consider it a rogue light people get very pedantic about these terms um i think a lot of times you know a roguelike when you see it, when you feel it. I think it's better for us to use the term roguelite. If you want to avoid people getting like pedantic on you, then just, you know, referring to games that are that have a lot of these features, like like you were, we're saying. saying that he means
1: like gamer a-holes who will yeah. just come at you for not knowing every exactly. single thing. Exactly.
0: Exactly. The people that like point those out to you, those mistakes out to you are the people you don't really want to be talking to. You don't really want to play video games. with. Yeah. Yeah. But um, overall, you know, yeah, I hope I did a good job explaining what a roguelike or roguelite is. Um, There's a lot of forums of people discussing this online if you want to learn more. But yeah. Matthew, do you want to read the uh, other email we got this week? Yeah, I will. So it says, (laughs) from a very
1: special listener we have, I was catching up on your podcast, in air quotes, I don't know what that's supposed to mean, (laughs) while I was driving halfway across the state of Maryland to pick up two overpriced OG GameCube controllers from a Craigslist meetup at a truck stop. Rookie mistake, first of all. (laughs) When, to my horror, I found you had aired out my dirty laundry regarding the time I played Matthew's Mario Sluggers while he was at the pool. Please (laughs) consult me before including my vices in your discussions.
0: (laughs) I would like to I would like to state uh, for the record, it was our dirty laundry. (laughs) Matthew or uh, both you and I played matthew's mario sluggers in fact it was probably my idea and it was probably me who wanted us to complete the entire game before matthew came back anyway continue matthew. <laughs> you guys you guys can make it up
1: to me if we ever make another mario sluggers you can buy me the new one how about that uh Not gonna he continues, happen. i'll buy it and i'll
0: pay it all the way through and then i'll set it to you. <laughs> yeah okay
1: yeah you'll fill all the save files with a through. yeah okay he also says, I I also thought of a question for each of you while on my cruise to mechanical controller perfection. Matt, what's one board game that deserves a video game based on it? How would the video game keep the spirit of the original? And Lex, many video games receive sequels even when they don't deserve it. I don't know of any board game sequels. I'd like to point
0: out that he uh, spelled board game as B-O-R-E-D game. And I don't know <laughs> I if was that was... I thrown
1: off for a second. I don't know uh, if that's a typo
0: or he was taking I think a little jab. I think jab. he meant it that way, truly. <laughs> yeah, a little uh, jab at my hobby here. But anyway,
1: <laughs> continue. <laughs> I don't know of any board game sequels, aside from the My Little Pony Monopoly style. New game is the same as the old game nonsense. What's one board game that deserves a sequel and how could the second one improve on the original? Uh, Sincerely, the older B, uh, my brother, Nate. Um, (laughs) I can answer the question first. Uh, What's one board game that deserves a video game based on it? How would the video game keep the spirit of the original? Uh, The first thing that came into my head was the Munchkin card game. Um, I think it could be so fun as uh video game because oh, sure. there's yeah. video games that are already made yeah. that it was like you know uh you would yeah. just play as your munchkin going throughout different dungeons uh, getting hey, different loot and
0: yeah hey there is a munchkin video game <laughs> oh really yeah <laughs> they made one for the there's ps4 a munchkin video game yeah there is <laughs> what I yeah it's called up. munchkin quacked quest and it came out oh, oh. you can play it on steam uh, did not come out to very good reviews, but I I'm interested in it. I think uh, it's it's a cool idea. Uh, yeah, well, sorry. Maybe to, I can think of something else. No, Here, no, why you don't need to. I think that uh, <laughs> I think that it's it's funny to me. I I had a feeling that no matter what you suggested, I was probably going to say you, a lot of people are surprised to hear that um, there has already been a lot of video games made off of board games. I think that board gamers see you know play these board games and then they realize that like hey i can make a video game out of this you know and so yeah you know it's it's kind of rare to find a, a game that hasn't been made digitally and that's the premise of this podcast right is to spread right. awareness of that so that's a great okay. question um matthew you had a great answer but yeah already already made a video game on it so <laughs> there must check, be a reason why i never heard of it yeah yeah <laughs> right uh, probably marketing. <laughs> board game yeah, marketing is not on the same level as, <laughs> as video games. So, um, yeah. So the question for me was, which board games deserve a sequel? And this is kind of a, a kind of a similar answer. Actually, there are a lot of board games that have gotten sequels. You don't really hear a whole lot about them, but um, except for like you said, the Monopoly reskinned. Uh, a lot of the times, board games get reskinned. They get expansions. They get reprints, um, and those are more popular. But uh, I, I, I have quite a f- number of games that have sequels. Uh, the big one, you know, we talk a lot about Gloomhaven on this podcast. Uh, there's a sequel game coming out called Frosthaven, which is huge. The Kickstarter earned more money than any other board game on Kickstarter in history. It earned like thirteen million dollars uh oh, there's a 13 yeah, million. Dollars. That. Yeah, so you know, that's a sequel to Gloomhaven. It's going to take all the mechanics of Gloomhaven, build on it, add a bunch of mechanics. It looks awesome. Um and so, yeah, I think that that's one sequel. I have um a game called Azul, which I love, and they came out with two more versions of that game, two sequel games to that, and I own all of those. Um the Forbidden Games, there's Forbidden Island, which I know Matthew you're familiar with, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. It's super um, fun, yeah. Forbidden Island, there's Forbidden Desert and Forbidden Sky, which are sequel games to the, that game. And I own all those, and those are all a lot of fun. Usually, when I play a game and I love it, I the first thing I do is I see if that designer has made any other similar games. And sure enough, a lot of times uh, people do like their sequels. So, uh, yeah, that that happens in board games. Uh, just a lot of times people don't hear about them, like I said, for marketing reasons. So good. Great questions from all, both of our listeners this time. And hopefully we did a good job answering them. So, oh, I didn't say which one. I, let me think of a game that I think deserves a sequel. Um, let look at my my list of games over here. Uh, so, <laughs> it spins around, sees his yeah. game wall. Yeah, my wars love games. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah yeah I think that like part of an answer for this is like, yeah a lot of movies, books, video games don't need sequels, just don't make a sequel to a game that doesn't need it if it's right. good by itself, sure. it goes for board games as a well of, like,
0: wh- like I mentioned at the top of the show, one of my favorite designers is Uve Rosenberg, and when he makes a game that's really successful, he takes up mechanics of that game and strips out other mechanics and thinks of new mechanics and makes a completely different game with that. And so he's made over like 77 board games. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, he's made 77 games and not you know not a whole lot of them are sequels or expansions to games that he's already created. So yeah, it's um you know, uh I really respect it when people do that, but I also like games that that are sequels to. I think that a lot of times movie sequels are unnecessary, but every time I've played a, a sequel to a board game, um you most of the time I find value in it. So, um mm. yeah, so I think to answer the question, um there's a game that I've been playing that I love called um, Forgotten Waters, and it is a pirate themed game and you play it with up to seven people and it's a lot of fun. But uh, it just came out recently, so there hasn't been any expansions or sequels yet. But I think it definitely deserves it because it's it's kind of a story-driven game. And so once you complete the story, there's not much you can do with it. So, so yeah. So, yeah, yeah that you. might be
1: a good answer. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, like any of those story-based, like one-time playthrough games? Right. Legacy games yeah. are what they're called.
0: a, a lot room. of legacy games. Um, and so, yeah, so... Yeah, thank you both for writing in this week. Thank you to Shay and to Nate. Uh, If you would like to write us, like I said before, be sure to email us at virtuallyanalog at gmail.com. This week, we kind of had a special episode. And next week, we're also going to have a special episode in the fact that I'm going to be talking about a video game and Matthew is going to be talking about a board game. So that should (laughs) be a lot of fun. Be sure to tune in. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find info at virtuallyanalog.info. Please use that link to share the show. We don't pay at all for any type of advertising. So the only way we can grow the show is by word of mouth and by sharing. So make sure to share on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Make sure to, uh, if you have any friends who you think would enjoy the show, please share the show with them. Uh, please be sure also to rate us an Apple podcast. That's really important for, um, natural organic growth and so yeah drop us a five-star review if you enjoyed the show you can watch us play games on twitch at twitch.tv slash virtually analog i stream on there if you want to watch them live if you want to watch the vods i also post them to youtube you can find all the info like i said at our website virtuallyanalog.info. thank you so much for listening to the show and have a happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving everyone